0: This week, Tesla rolls out the full self-driving V11 update, which means self-driving Teslas will be hitting the road and undoubtedly baby carriages. Elon Musk. Wow. Last month, Twitter. This month, Tesla. The man has a hard-on for car wrecks. Tiffany. Tiffany. Tiffany Trump got married over the weekend Tiffany is the daughter Donald had with Marla Maples, seen here in Mar-a-Lago, trying to avoid getting pushed down any staircases. Not invited to uh, Tiffany's wedding was Donald Trump's illegitimate daughter, Zales. Zales, there was Tiffany Trump and the daughter he barely talks about, Zales (laughs) Trump. Donald delivered an emotional toast at the wedding. He said, and I'm going to quote his toast verbatim. He said, quote, Tiffany, it's been the adventure of a lifetime watching you flower into a woman, according to your mother. From your first bruised elbow to your first high school crush, I'm I'm told it's been a wonderful ride and your mother wouldn't have missed it for anything. You're an amazing person, Tiffany. That's what your mother says. And I believe her. Why would she lie? I don't know. Maybe she's lying. Who knows? Maybe your childhood was a complete horror show. It wouldn't surprise me. That was <laughs> Donald Trump's wedding toast uh, over the weekend as his daughter Tiffany got married. Uh, as is customary, since he is the father of the bride, it was his job to stiff the caterer. Hey, I heard there was a mass shooting in Virginia. Oh, my. I hope we'll do something about these things. I'd hate for something like that ever to happen again. Katie Hobbs is the new governor of Arizona, whether election denier Carrie Lake denies it or not. Hobbs is the first Democrat to win the governor's office in Arizona since Janet Napolitano back in 2006. Before turning to politics, Hobbs worked with homeless children and ran a shelter for survivors of domestic abuse. Before turning to politics, Carrie Lake anchored the local news by wearing a lot of makeup and saying what was on the teleprompter. Just like Reagan, just like Trump or George W. Bush, Carrie Lake understands television because that's all she understands. That's all she does is watch television. No insight, just the natural instinct to know which platitude to unspool in front of which audience. She understands the mob. Carrie Lake understands the mob because all she possesses is a mob mentality she is the mob and she is a dangerous enemy of democracy her supporters are sad lonely broken and pathetic when it became apparent this afternoon that carrie lake was going to lose her supporters began protesting they brandished bibles the cross the american flag and asked for the military to seize the ballot boxes here are the drifters defending the grifter.
1: Okay, people. I will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us a stay. Donnie,
0: what? I want all of you to say a prayer right now. We the people are requesting military step in and redo our election. It was fake and false. It's full, our government is full of corrupt people. Redo the elections. Why don't you redo your haircut first? I will show sympathy for these delusional lowlife simpletons when they are no longer a threat to our democracy or me. Yes, these are stupid, vulnerable people who are easily manipulated, but they are a danger to me in this country, which is why it's a sin for politicians like Carrie Lake to pander to them. It is sinful to tell these people that there is nothing wrong with them. Because there is. There is something seriously wrong with these people. The same way there is something seriously wrong with the people who stormed the Capitol on January 6th. It is a sin to tell these people that they don't have to change, that they're okay. They have to change because they're not okay and they need help. These people are broken. They are lost. And Carrie Lake, you're supposed to comfort them. Not exploit, not exploit them, which is what this entire Stop the steel movement has been built upon. Exploitation. You exploit the most vulnerable, the gullible, the low information American desperately clinging to reality. This entire election denier scam is part of a larger grift, larger than both Carrie Lake and Donald Trump. That grift ultimately is to put undemocratic opportunists in charge of our government in order to serve billionaires who only care about getting that government out of their way. This whole stop the Steel" movement is a pyramid scheme. At the top are the conniving mediocrities, people like Trump and Lake, who don't read, who don't think, but crave fame and money and will say or do anything to remain relevant. And above them, in this pyramid scheme, are their silent partners in all this, the oil and defense industry, monsters who run our health insurance companies. These people at the absolute top of the pyramid look at someone down below like Carrie Lake or Trump the same way Carrie Laker Trump looks at those imbeciles today calling her election stolen and begging for the military to step in. It's just a cascade of contempt that starts at the top of the pyramid and flows down until it permeates everyone below. The people at the top of the Stop the Steel pyramid, they are, whether they're willing to admit it to themselves or not, they are fascists. And below them are the psychologically violent imbeciles like Carrie Lake And Donald Trump, who run for office and below Carrie Lake and Donald Trump are the physically sadistic who support these candidates for the promise of legally sanctioned violence, the opportunity to legally hurt someone. And then below the physically sadistic below them are the ones who live vicariously through papier-mâché heroes like Carrie Lake and Donald Trump by voting for them they live vicariously through these paper mache heroes by voting for them and they end up getting screwed by them with nothing better to do these Kerry Lake supporters wear their American flag t-shirts brandish their crosses proclaiming their devotion to a counterfeit Christianity and believe in a fictional military that is going to ride in at the end of the day and save them from the sloppiness of democracy. To manipulate these people, Carrie Lake, is un-American, and it's precisely what's get, what gets good people killed. It is a sin, Carrie Lake. It is immoral to take people who are besieged by self-doubt and financial precarity and then offer them the fool's gold of a strong man or a strong woman, the false promise that all will be good after the culling. That is what this Stop the steel movement is. Frightened, ill-informed people desperately in need of schooling and a psychiatrist who should be helped, not manipulated, played to, or exploited. For example, Ali Alexander, who organized the Stop the Steel rally on January 6th, he was the one who met with another Arizona genius, Congressman Paul Gosar, and another welterweight of intelligence, Congressman Andy Biggs from Arizona, uh, both later begged Trump for a pardon after January 6 went bad, by the way. They didn't ask for Ali Alexander to get a pardon, but they, they wanted a pardon for themselves. Ali Alexander, the guy who organized the Stop the Steal rally, Bannon, Roger Stone, Ginny Thomas, they found their useful psychopath. His name is Ali Alexander. What is sicker? than a man of color organizing a bunch of white supremacists to storm the Capitol. Find a person of color like Ali Alexander or the Afro-Cuban Enrico Tedio from the Proud Boys to front your band of white supremacists. And it gives you plausible deniability on charges of racism. How can the election deniers be racist? They're run by a person of color. Yes, a person of color who is missing significant parts of his brain. Ali Alexander is the perfect, disposable conspiracy nut who can be exploited by the Republican leadership, and then when he implodes, you just walk away. This is a young man who is clearly in need of help. Here he is today, the supreme election denier, Allie Alexander, desperately in need of psychiatric counseling. Here he is today, denying that Carrie Lake lost, which she did, by the way. Here is Allie Lake, Allie Lake, Allie Alexander, very sick young man, as are the people protesting right now, the ones saying that Carrie Lake lost because the election is rigged. These are sick, desperate people who are being exploited. Take a look. This is what the Republicans do. This is what Carrie Lake and Donald Trump do. They find someone like Ali Alexander. They let him organize for them. They let him organize these Stop the steel rallies. They let him feel important while he spreads conspiracy theories. They don't help him. They don't pay him they watch and exploit him and as he goes completely off the rails they abandon him this is someone Ali Alexander who is delusional but masks his illness behind conspiracy theories look at the the beatific smile on his face he was obviously once a good kid this this could be me this could be my son this could be anyone could be any one of us. This could be anyone suffering from mental illness. And instead of finding help and compassion, was met with derision, contempt, and abuse.
1: Even if Kerry was going to lose, I would will it into existence. And I know that sounds kooky.
0: But no, that doesn't sound kooky. That doesn't sound kooky at all. You're... you're, The picture of mental health, continue.
1: And I know that sounds crazy, but just don't catch me on a wild day.
0: Now, watch this. This is obviously a very sick young man.
1: Pete Davidson one time got on my bad side and almost killed himself. So,
0: Right. He seeks out other people who are suffering from mental illness and threatens them. They, he is sick, Ali Alexander. He's also a predator, a victim of predators, but a predator nonetheless.
1: You're not going to believe me. It doesn't matter. The, the point is, is that no one needs to believe you the first time. The point is, you just need to tell them a the first time. Do you understand this? This is going to sound kooky for y'all and Cozy, but you guys don't understand the esoteric.
0: Right, he's intimidating his followers as though he's got the knowledge instead of just the illness.
1: What if I told you that all of us are capable of traveling? Well, not all of us, because you're not smart enough, but what if
0: I told you that- The intimidation, you're not smart enough right? What are you going to tell us? You, you told us that 2020 was stolen. You're telling us now that Carrie Lake's election is stolen. What are you going to tell your followers, Ali Alexander?
1: A lot of people capable of time traveling, they just don't know it. What if I told you that time traveling is easier than you think? Uh, it requires a lot of discipline and no machines. What if I told you that the reason why the New World Order wants you to focus on fiction stories about machines is they don't want you to know that everyone has access to time travel? Then what if I told you that the re- the way that those of us fight is we are each pulling from time itself Yes, of course, the Jews' time travel. That's what makes the apostasy so great.
0: (laughs) You have to end with the Jews. He was doing so well. He had me, and then he had to say the Jews' time travel. That's what makes the apostasy so great. What if I told you you could will yourself to travel in time? What if I told you the election? was stolen from Donald Trump and the election in Arizona was stolen from Carrie Lake. What is the difference between telling people that you can travel through time or that the election was stolen? This is who the leader of the stop, the steal is Ali Alexander. Not well, not well. And of course, of course he had to bring in the Jews That's what makes the apostasy so great. Jews can time travel. See, anti-Semitism, it's funny until it gets people killed, right? It's, you know, it's tragically funny. He's sick. And, you know, the people who he gets to storm the Capitol also storm temples, synagogues, mosques, shoot up black churches. This is dangerous stuff. Conspiracy theories, right? Carrie Lake, the election was stolen. Jews can time travel. All you have to do is will it. Anti-Semitism. It's the bastard sister and brother and child of conspiracy theories. Anti-Semitism is a conspiracy theory. You can't have anti-Semitism without conspiracy theories, because like I said, anti-Semitism is a conspiracy theory. Whenever you don't understand why something horrible is happening, blame it on the Jews or blame it on the lizard people. This is what defective minds rely upon, and they can be led to believe. This is what you can lead people to believe, that the lizard people, the Jews, George Soros, are conspiring, they're running the banks, the media, your mind, and they're rigging elections. This, Ali Alexander, is the face of the election denial movement right there. Obviously a very sick, sick individual. I didn't play that out of context. This is circulating out there. This is part of his podcast. These are his unguarded moments on his show. Ali Alexander, if you believe the elections are stolen, you are believing a delusion, a lie spread by the same people who tell you it's the Jews who control the world. Sick, dangerous stuff. This is exactly who the GOP is in bed with and the democrats are not when people ask me why are you a democrat this is why this is why welcome to the mop up by the way i'm david feldman coming to you from an air shaft overlooking a parking garage somewhere in manhattan where the temperature right now is 40 degrees and they're saying it's going to be sunny it's getting cold so uh i don't know what that would matter to you unless you lived in New York City. Do me a favor, subscribe to this channel and hit the like button, please. Well, last Tuesday's red wave never materialized. Donald Trump Jr. said it would. He promised uh, Monday night a week ago that the midterms would be a bloodbath for Democrats. Joe Rogan, I'm not making this up, he predicted blood would come pouring down over the Democrats like the elevator scene in The Shining. Hmm. Sean Hannity said Election Day would look like the Tate-LaBianca murders with human flesh dripping from the walls and ceiling. Brian Kilmeade from Fox and Friends said Democrats should expect to wake up the day after Tuesday's midterms inside the walls of John Wayne Gacy's home, devoid of skin, drifting in and out of consciousness to the muffled screams of neighborhood children stuffed below the floorboards. Laura Ingram said of the midterms that Democrats should expect an endless sea of vomitous chunks of desiccated goat innards draped over the corporeal essence of the late Roger Ayles's greenish-yellow, incontinence-stained boxer shorts. And I think it was Newt Gingrich a week ago who predicted Democrats would find themselves on Election Day face-to-face with a metal red-hot poker gored into their spleen as 50,000 volts of electricity surged through their renal artery where metal pincers would then cauterize their kidneys shut resulting in a Hindenburg-like explosion of urine, glucose, and white blood cells as their overtaxed and lifeless corpses could no longer hold back the eruption of bodily waste, soaking a 50-mile blast zone. Indeed, most of those predictions never came to fruition. Uh, There wasn't the bloodbath, wasn't the red wave that they had predicted. Democrats kept the Senate after winning Nevada over the weekend. Yep, Democrats kept the Senate. They won Nevada. And uh, so be advised, the December 6th Georgia runoff between Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker has now been downgraded from a most important election in our nation's history, to a most important election in our lifetime. I got the fundraising email this morning. They have downgraded the December 6th Georgia runoff to a most important election in our lifetime. So pay what you think is appropriate to the Democratic Party. Democrats won big in Pennsylvania and Arizona, where Carrie Lake lost, whether she denies it or not. And Democratic Senator Mark Kelly got reelected. The House is still up for grabs. Howie Klein talks about this later. Uh, Chances for Democrats to keep the House are looking slimmer with each approaching data dump. When you drill down to the individual states where real change happens, real change starts, on the state level, imperceptibly, then it bubbles up to the national level. And by the time it bubbles up to the national level, it's too late for the other side to actually stop it. So it's important what Democrats do locally. Democrats did much better than the Republicans did, state by state. The Washington Post reported today that Democrats not only defied the odds, but made history by not allowing Republicans to flip a single democratically held state legislative house. Democrats kept every state branch of government which they had in their possession. This has never happened in a midterm election for either party as far back as 1934 and beyond that. uh, I'll get into my Jewish time machine and try to find out when that last happened. It was before 1934. So the Democrats won the states. This proves for for Democrats that all politics is local because on a national level, Democrats basically suck. (laughs) They do. Pelosi, Schumer, Biden. We got to go locally. We got nothing nationally locally state by state democrats won the trifecta in minnesota and michigan which means they now control the governor's mansion and both houses of their state legislatures every election denier running for secretary of state except for one has been defeated kind of makes sense i mean how do you win if you're an election denier you run telling voters the system is rigged vote for me And I'll fix it. But if it's rigged and you win, that means you rigged it. Or it's not rigged. There's such a gaping flaw in the election denier logic, I can't believe it's not a story arc on young Sheldon. Today, Trump is expected to declare that he's running for president. Again, nobody wants to be around him. Nobody I don't even think he wants to be around himself. Insiders say his tantrums are getting louder, his abuse worse. And uh, given the legal fees of previous Trump advisors, only an idiot with a death wish would work on Donald Trump's next presidential campaign, which in a way works out perfectly because only an idiot with a death wish would vote for Donald Trump. Nobody has their finger on the pulse of a Trump voter more than someone with their finger on the trigger of a gun pointing straight into their own mouth. In fact, that should be Trump's slogan for 2024. You want to die? So do I. Vote for Trump. But time may be running out for Trump. Maybe. Don't count him out. He's indefatigable. He is, as we all know, desperate. He's desperate and he will fight to the end. He's desperate for attention, good or bad. Now, he needs to run for president because his businesses are tied up in court. All he has left is politics and his jury trials. Uh, All that gives him joy and hope is the rally, his base, the fight. But what if Donald Trump no longer owns the GOP. What if he starts losing Republican primaries? It's conceivable. This goes back to the Ali Alexanders, the Kerry Lakes, and the election deniers. How will their election denying play out in the primaries? How will it play out at the convention? Will Donald Trump's election-denying thugs take over the convention? Much like some of Mayor Richard Daley's thugs took over the 1968 Democratic Convention in Chicago. The Republican Convention in 2024, if it doesn't go the way Trump wants it to, it could get bloody because it's not Congress. It's not sacred. It's the Republican Convention. Who cares? So his thugs could make a real mess of things if Ted Cruz gives the kind of speech he gave in Cleveland at the 2016 Republican Convention. And then what? Then what? There is no turning back. The Republican Party is close, close to being finished. Close. It would, if Trump runs again and is weak there's nothing more dangerous than a desperate despot. It could get bloody. It could become uh, what it was. But it's on course to become a party of ultra right wing black shirts. Now, the thing is, Trump isn't good enough. He's not disciplined enough to pull something like that off. Uh One would hope it would collapse in on itself. But we're talking about the Republican Party, not the United States government. There's nobody in the government, really, except for the police and some Secret Service agents to protect the delegates, to protect the convention. Uh, It could get ugly. Uh, I'm hoping it collapses. on itself before the convention ron desantis on the other hand he could do it uh he's smart enough and disciplined enough to turn the gop into a party of black shirts probably not having to resort to the kind of thuggery trump will i don't know i don't know As dangerous as Trump is, DeSantis, even more so. Uh, I'm not so sure DeSantis needs physical violence. He can do political violence. Trump is all id. Uh, DeSantis, DeSantis is disciplined. It's, this is... We are not out of the woods by any stretch of the imagination. It is constant vigilance. Constant vigilance. Psychopathy never sleeps. I know that because I'm a psychopath who suffers from insomnia. Carrie Lake ain't going away. Donald Trump isn't going to go away. These people never lose. Doug Mastriano isn't going away. They never... They deny. They are in a complete state of denial. They, they deny it, and they, they soldier on. Constant vigilance. You have to keep fighting. Even if it looks good, even if you look safe, constant vigilance. Now, I doubt Trump is going to prison. I do. I don't think he's ever going to go to prison. But the system he tried to take a wrecking ball to... Granted, it's not taking the wrecking ball we wish it would take to him, right? He tried to take a wrecking ball to the system, and all of us were hoping the system would take a wrecking ball right back at him. The system, whatever our system is, it could be maybe wearing him down. Maybe. The system. It's the same system that wore his presidency down. He did a lot of damage. He opened up a can of racist whoop ass in America. But he did leave office, literally kicking and screaming. And there was the insurrection. People died, lives ruined. But the system survived. I've been watching The Crown. They talk about the system. Watch The Crown. They talk about the monarchy as a system. The system survives. Diana doesn't. The queen's entire family doesn't survive. They're all deranged and broken. But the system, the monarchy, survives. It's important to keep that in mind. I'm not advocating on behalf of the system. I'm just saying there is the system in place. And the system we have in Washington, maybe protects itself, for better or worse, from people like Trump. That's the order of things. Nothing gets done in Washington, D.C. because of the system. Nothing gets done, including turning America into a fascist dictatorship. The system won't allow that. Perhaps. I'm not defending the system, whatever that system is, but there is something, some system that that wore Trump down. There is a system that's that's breaking him. Other granted, he's doing a lot of destruction along the way. Then again, so is the system. Perhaps I'm correct. We I don't know. Maybe he'll win. Maybe he'll beat the system. Maybe he will take that wrecking ball to the system. We'll all wake up one day and it could be all gone. And (laughs) we might miss the system, the evil system. And it is evil. It looks like the Democrats uh, dodged a, a bit of a bullet, which means America dodged a bullet. We probably lost the House, but we've got the White House. We've got the Senate, which means Biden can nominate a lot of judges and change not necessarily the Supreme Court, but our courts. I want you to pay attention to the civil war that's going on right now within the Republican Party as Kevin McCarthy, as his speakership is held hostage by factions like the Freedom Caucus who are making demands, crazy demands, watch as they slit each other's throats for power. Watch the infighting that takes place in front of everybody, in front of everybody, as the Republicans jockey for power. When we have a left that is willing to fight as hard as the Freedom Caucus, uh, then we won't have Nancy Pelosi or Hakeem Jeffries as our next speaker. When we have a, a real left that's willing to act like the Freedom Caucus, did you see Mark Meadows testifying during their meeting today at the Freedom Caucus? You know, this is a guy, how dare he? talk about saving the republican party he, he should be indicted he may be indicted uh when we have a left that has the audacity that the freedom caucus has that the republicans have then we will have as our next speaker cory bush ted lou or katie porter that's what we want we need more people in Congress. In Washington like Cory Bush Ted Lieu and Katie Porter that's the next step between now and 2024 it's time to start fighting again inside the Democratic Party there's a civil war going on right now within the Republican Party the season of rallying coming to the aid of my party the Democrats is over That's it now. I'm back to where I was four months ago. Uh, Jim Jordan, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, Kevin McCarthy, Mitch McConnell, Rand Paul, they are no longer my enemy. They'll be my enemy in about 16 months. But right now, my enemy. Schumer, Pelosi, Biden, they are my enemies. I want to purge them. I want them out of my party. I want them replaced by men and women who aren't worth more than, I don't know, $50,000. I don't want to vote for anybody who has more than $50,000 total. I want, to see, I want to see your tax returns. If you have assets worth more than $50,000, you don't get my vote. I'm not interested in you. It is time for a peaceful war inside our tribe now, the same way the Freedom Caucus does it. And the rep- it is time for the left to destroy Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin. That's why January 6th is so important. We elect Raphael Warnick, re elect Raphael Warnick. We get to destroy Manchin. We don't need him anymore. And then we get rid of the filibuster and we tell Schumer to fight. But who do we replace these people with? What does our bench look like on the left? Who are the next heroes on the left that will provide the infrastructure the left needs to support the movement? So let's work now to destroy the Democratic Party, and rebuild it in our own image. The struggle continues. Constant vigilance. I'm David Feldman. Please subscribe to uh, this channel and uh, like it. It helps. Give us a like and subscribe and recommend this show to your friends. I'm David Feldman. Stay strong and protect the weak.
1: He was banging cocktail waitresses two at a
0: time. All right. Mm-hmm. Howie Howie Klein, founder, treasurer of the Blue America Pack. He writes over at Down with Tyranny. Everybody should go to Down with Tyranny. You put yourself on the line the night before the midterms on this show. We went through several swing races, some key races, that the you said the cook report may have gotten wrong and you you're on record. How do you think you did? I'm going to hold you accountable. We're going to go over all these races, see what you got right, see what you got wrong. How do you feel you did before we look at the math?
2: Uh, I, as of the, as the, some of the results were coming in, I thought I did very well. Um, uh, you know, th- now, remember, we're, it, it's, we're comparing my predictions to the Cook predictions that was so the definition of well is that I, I got it right they got it wrong um although i noticed that th- when they predicted a democrat was going to win uh, often i said no that's not going to happen so so anyway so they were right in, in a couple of races like in ohio's first district i thought that the republican incumbent would win But and they said they they said he would he would lose and they were right. And I was wrong.
0: Okay, so in the big big picture,
2: by the way, we agreed on. So in other words, most of the things that they uh, that that they predicted, we we both agreed. But um, in the cases where they said a Republican was going to win, I and I said a Democrat would win. I won there. Right. So just as an example, in Maine, Second District, um, Blue Dog, Jared Golden, who I don't like, uh, they said he would lose. I said he would win, and he won. Right. Elisa right. Slotkin, a New Dem in Michigan. They said she would lose. I said she would win, and she won. Angie Craig, another Blue Dog from Minnesota. They said she would lose. I said she would win. She she won. So in the case, so in other words, when they said a Democrat would lose, and I said a Republican uh, would lose, I I tended to be right. They tended to be wrong. Right. And right. if you want to go through all of them, it's a pleasure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let me point out that what you got right on a macro level is you said you've been saying all along that the Democrats would keep the Senate. You said you at first thought the Democrats would keep the house. A week ago tonight you well, were not they had
2: to keep the house. I never thought that they would keep the house. I thought they had a shot, which turned out to be true. They had a shot.
0: And they are losing that shot, but you got that right. And you also said it was going to be whoever wins the house, it would be on a razor-thin margin. Neither party right. would be able. That, that is definitely the case. Now, in fact, some of these
2: these these seats that we're going to talk about now are still not decided. Okay. Now, okay. some of them aren't decided, but they're going to be decided easily. Uh, and some of them are actual, real, uh, really. Um, uh, a can't, I mean, what, you have to, they'll be we'll be counting for weeks before they uh, they can announce uh, with any kind of confidence.
0: Let me just ask you some big picture questions before we drill down. I'm so excited about drilling down. I know. I know. But Carrie Lake in Arizona, is
2: she? Uh, yes, she's going to lose. Uh, it's, it's too early to tell. I don't know where all those votes that are still outstanding are coming from. But as the votes have been coming in so far, they have been putting her further behind. But it's still very, very close. No right. no one can be certain what's going to happen there. If if I was forced to bet, if I was absolutely forced to bet, I, I say that uh, uh, Hobbes wins by, you know, 300 votes. <laughs> it's going right. to be that close.
0: Right. I mean, I think most of the votes are coming in from Maricopa, and that's predominantly hops country so she she should
2: well the city of phoenix is but you know the suburbs of maricopa are not and in maricopa county are not necessarily um democratic so it's hard to say you know the uh, last night i think it was last night a whole bunch of votes came in uh and it pushed dobbs ahead but on the other hand a uh, a congressional seat in that district, which still isn't called yet, which is held by a Republican, David Schweikert. That's a, in the suburbs, and the same votes pushed him ahead, uh where where he's now leading. The Democrat has been leading since day one. Okay, so it's you know it, it's hard to it's hard to get a, a, a grip on what's going on in Arizona.
0: Lauren Boebert in Colorado three. Are we looking at a recount? What are we looking at there?
2: looking at a recount that's too close to call she's ahead now they uh they predicted that she would win Uh, I think I agreed with them on that one yeah I I did I agreed with her that she would win and I think she's going to win Uh, it's nobody uh, uh, imagined it would be this close right and finally screaming that about to steal the race
0: (laughs) right and before we start drilling down how much trouble is trump in how what is the likelihood that desantis who is now leading him in the polls is going to declare one poll one poll is trump declaring this week and tomorrow de- and do people fall in line how terrified are they of trump or are they less terrified today
2: Will and, and uh, sit there and watch uh, uh, with great joy i'm sorry I said, we'll get the popcorn and we'll sit and watch with great joy as he tears his opponents apart. Right. Right. I mean, he, 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 the, the democratic party must be, you know, to use, <laughs> to use the phrase quelling over this, uh, you know, he is going to do everything he can to destroy uh, DeSantos and, and then anyone else who tries to run against him and there will be others. I mean, certainly uh, Mike Pence, he will go after Mike Pence. Did you did
0: you see that interview that Pence yes, did? Yes, very courageous
2: man. Well, you know, I don't think uh, uh, Trump is going to stand for that. He'll he'll go right after him.
0: And so it it did seem to work. Uh, Sean Patrick Maloney, we'll get to him in a second. The head of the D Triple C was giving money to the MAGA candidates. Did that work? And if it worked, should we be then rooting for Trump to get the Republican nomination again?
2: Uh, it's very dangerous. It, 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 I think they worked. It worked in some cases and not in others. The one everybody is talking about now is Washington three, where it did work. Now, I'll bring up that Washington three, which is in the southwestern part of the state, it's, it's called Van Tucky. The reason it's called Vantucky by people who live in Portland—it's right over the bridge from Portland. So a lot of people in Portland work there, and people from there work in Portland. So it's—it's it's like even though you know Portland is a is a heavily democratic city, and they make fun of um, Vancouver, which is the only the only real city in that district, and they, so they call it Vantucky. Hmm. But as it turns out, that county, Clark County which has more than double the rest of the district together in terms of voters, that County went heavily for, for the Democrat and against Joe Kent, Joe Kent beat the mainstream Republican conservative incumbent, Jamie Herrera, Butler. So Kent was a Trump person who went after Jamie. Jamie was a um, just a just a regular you know conservative Republican, not a fascist. She voted uh, to impeach Trump. So Trump encouraged this uh, Joe Kent, who's really you know was maybe the most conservative, the, not conservative, the most fascist. Or if he wasn't the most fascist, he was one of the five most fascist Republicans to run. Now nobody assumed that she was going to beat him. Everyone assumed otherwise. In fact, she's not even on. Cook's list of um, toss-up districts. She, it wasn't considered a toss-up district. It was considered a Republican win, and and yet she, she, the race was called for her. So there's an instance where um, the Democrats wanted him to win the primary against a you know mainstream Republican. He did win, and then he got taken out by uh, by a, a, a fairly progressive Democrat. She's not a progressive across the board. But her instincts are progressive. So it's a lot is going to depend on who gets to her first. If the conservative Democrats get to her first and talk her into being a conservative, then, you know, we're in trouble. But, you know, I, I alerted several progressive Democrats to get to her. I just got a, um, a message from one of them that he did. And let's hope for the best. She's up for grabs.
0: When you're counting the beans, was it a smart move for the Democrats to Put their money into these maga candidates overall in
2: some cases and that i don't know i don't know overall and, and some of the races aren't decided yet in fact but in that particular race that i was just talking about it was smart uh, uh, in the in new hampshire it was smart it, where the two democrats uh, won against ex- crazy extremist candidates
0: mm-hmm.
2: so yeah you know, yeah i mean it might it may have in terms of counting the beans it maybe it worked
0: Okay. And I have a civics question that I've been meaning to ask you. When the Democrats kept the Senate, we all celebrated because it meant that Biden could appoint more judges. If you have to choose between the House and the Senate, having one House, I always thought you want the House of Representatives. They control the purse strings.
2: The Senate. Well, I don't know if they control the purse strings. And that that's an old thing that we learned in school. Right. The fact of the matter is, is that there's nothing that goes through the House that doesn't have to pass the Senate also.
0: So is the Senate in the end, is the Senate more important to have than the House? And
2: yes, because there's nothing that the House can do except its own internal rules that doesn't have to go through the Senate, whereas the Senate... Uh, doesn't need the House at all on several important things, one having to do with treaties and the other having to do with appointments.
0: Interesting. So, yeah, I mean, the,
2: the, and so they're both really important. The, the Senate is is uh, those two instances more important.
0: Yeah, and you can end up controlling the Supreme Court ultimately if you can control the Senate.
2: Yes, well, let's hold, uh, you know, uh, a bunch of Republicans <laughs> on the Supreme Court. Uh, go to heaven.
0: Yeah, or God does his patriotic duty. Okay, great. Let's drill down now. Sean Patrick Maloney.
2: Was not on the list.
0: Right. Oh,
2: yes. I'm sorry. He was on the list. And they they predicted that he would win.
0: By three points. Uh, yeah. and,
2: and he lost. But I can't take any credit there because I agreed with them that he was going to win. I didn't, I didn't think the Republican beat him. How horrible. So here we were. Both wrong on that one.
0: He was was the head of the DCCC. It was his job. Yeah, a
2: very, very, a very bad head of the DCCC. Uh, you know, to be fair, they're all bad, but he's particularly terrible. He's, he's as bad as they come.
0: And was he targeted by the Republicans or did he just target himself? Yeah
2: know he was very heavily targeted they spent an enormous amount of money you know the guy he ran against the state legislator named waller didn't have any money and and maloney who's a, who's a crook uh, had tons of money but the, but kevin mccarthy came in there with with uh and even did out a bit with with a few million dollars running ads against him Basically saying, you know, nonsense that wasn't true. There's a lot of bad things you can say about Sean Patrick Maloney, but those things describe a Republican. So um, McCarthy couldn't use those things. So instead, he just made stuff up, like Sean Patrick Maloney is, uh, you know, a socialist, and Sean, right. Sean Patrick Maloney is, uh, we you know, a river of crime. Right. You know, just nonsense stuff. Okay, uh, let, but it worked. It worked.
0: Okay, let's do the audit here. Let me over your predictions let's start with the blue candidates uh let's start with you mentioned kim schreier washington eight cook said that she would lose she was going to lose and And i was
2: absolutely certain that she was going to win and she won and she won without you know breaking a sweat right
0: okay do i have a sound effect here hang on here that's all I've got. I, I should have done a better job. I'm sorry. Hang on. Let me. Uh, yeah. OK, we'll go with that sound effect. Abigail Spanberger from Virginia 7, they said. Right. So we
2: we both agreed that she was going to uh, to win the seat. The reason that I don't know what their reason was, but my reason was is that there are more Democrats in the district than Republicans and, in the, and she w- was running a, you know, I don't like her. She's a, she's a blue dog. But she was running a competent campaign. And the Democratic Party uh, spent a fortune on her. They put in millions of dollars into her race. And they didn't allow the Republicans to, ha- to spend more than they, than they did. Every time the Republicans spent, the Democrats put in more. They were determined to save her. Now, interestingly enough, another Democrat who we supported, who, you know, they, they said had no chance a guy uh, um, named Jones. Well, I can't remember his first name now. Um, and and Jones got more votes than she did. The Democratic Party spent, like, I don't know, $7 million on her, and they spent zero on him. They didn't give mm-hmm. him a penny. And he got more votes than she did. So imagine if they would have actually supported him. Okay. Anyway, but- in the case of uh, Elaine Luria, yes. they and I both agreed that she would lose, and she did.
0: Yes, and we... We wanted her to win, obviously. Let's. We wanted her to win because we
2: want the Democrats uh, to to beat the Republicans in an overall way. But she's not a very. She wasn't a good Congress person. She was a uh, very conservative and very scared, and uh, you know never did anything right. Okay. So
0: Texas thirty four Flores versus Gonzalez. They said. And w- go ahead.
2: We both said the same thing, that the Democrat would win. And he did. Okay.
0: So, the thing about uh, her,
2: Flores, is that she was an incumbent. They were, it was an incumbent versus incumbent race. He moved into the, into her district, but it was part of his district. And uh, and she had just been elected in the special election, but she was a pretty extreme Trumpist, and, and he's, he's a very conservative, blue dog Democrat, but he was able to, uh, to overcome her. And, uh, and, and it's, a, it's a, you know, again, m- way more Democrats in the district than Republicans. So, you know, he was able to win. Rhode Island? In uh, Rhode Island's second district, they came up with some cockamamie idea that the Republican was going to win. It made no sense whatsoever to me. It just, there was no reason to, to do that. And, and I said, right. no, the Republican lose and the Democrat would win. And sure enough, the Democrat
0: won. Okay. The open seat left by Connor Lamb. They said was going to stay Democrat,
2: right? And, and so did I. So okay. we both agreed on that. So fact, far, uh, you're betting. Uh, so far, we you... agreed. Not only did we agree, but we both spent money in that district. Blue America spent money, and the DCCC spent money to help um, the Democrat there. Great,
0: Matt Cartwright in Pennsylvania eight. They said he would go
2: He's, a, he's an old old friend of mine when he ran the first time against the Blue Dog Democrat in a primary. We helped him. We he was you know one of the first candidates that we spent, you know, really large sums of money on. And we did it again this time. And for some reason, I don't understand why. But because he, he's always been in a, in a red district when Trump runs, Trump wins his district. Both times Trump won the district and both times Matt ran and Matt won anyway. So why would they think that Matt wouldn't beat the same cuckoo ran against him last time? And Matt and they but they said Matt would lose and that the Republican would win. And we said that Matt would win and Matt did win. So play that little thing of yours.
0: Thank you. <laughs> yes. Susan Wild, Pennsylvania 7, they said this Democrat... We,
2: we, we were both wrong. Both Blue America and the DCCC thought she had no chance, and no one else thought she had any chance either. It was like that That was like a, practically a written-off district, and she wound up winning. Okay. So, all the Pennsylvania, so there were four seats in Pennsylvania that were in contention. The Democrats won all four of them.
0: Right. But so far... You, when you got something wrong, the Cook Report got something wrong as well. I'm just curious to see you're outperforming por- the Cook Report so far. Yeah, I think I, yeah, it's not it's not
2: all over yet though. Okay, that's the thing. Right. Is, you know, there's
0: Okay, let's go to the news yeah. C- or Oregon. <laughs> and Six. I'll, I'll go
2: through it and and make a uh, you know make a count. I just people have been asking me. People who listen to your show basically have been asking me, and, and I said. You know, I, it, it's going to take me half an hour to figure it all out and get it all right and be sure it's right. So I don't want to do it now and then have to do it again after all the races are decided. So right. let's wait till all the races right. are decided.
0: All right. Oregon 6. There was a new seat that they said was going to go Democrat. What did you say?
2: Right. I agreed that it would go Democrat, but it's not decided yet. Okay. Now, the Democrats um Andrea Salinas is is leading. The thing that, about this that's interesting is that uh, Hakeem Jeffries, who wants to be the um, wants to be the new speaker, or the, or if it, if the Democrats take over, or the leader, the minority leader, if the Democrats don't take over, a, and he was working with some really bad forces, including uh, Sam Bankman-Fried, who's mm-hmm. now like a, you know on the lam uh, and lost like. You know, I don't know, what he was, $44 billion, $33 billion. He yeah. lost some immense amount of money. He's a, a cryptocurrency crook. And, but he, he put out a lot of ads uh, against her and forced the DCCC to go along with him. And they spent a million dollars, not specifically against her, but supporting the same candidate that Bankman fried supported instead of Andrea Salinas. And Andrea Salinas beat this clown uh, regardless, he, now, Bankman Fried spent uh, just him alone, spent $10 million trying to defeat her, including a million dollars in very negative ads. That has hurt her in the general. Even though she won the primary, people remember those ads that Bankman Fried uh, paid for and that the DCCC, and especially uh, Hakeem Jeffries, went along with. So, you know. Uh, people need to think about that when Hakeem Jeffries is is uh, running for speaker. He'll probably win. I mean, supposedly he has it locked up.
0: Okay. Anyway, uh, so that's thir- Oregon. 6. Ohio thirteen it was an open seat. They said Ryan would be the Democrat. Would be it was open. Ryan's
2: it used to be Ryan's seat. Right. But the seat was uh, gerrymandered. Right. So that it wasn't very democratic anymore. It was. It's now an R plus one district. I couldn't imagine that the very progressive Democrat was going to win that seat. The D trip against a Trump crazy. The D trip. Uh, the um, Cook report. Uh, they got me on that one. So don't play the thing. They no. said the Democrat would. win. I said the Republican would win. They were right. I was wrong.
0: But when you're wrong, it's still good. It's good for the Democrats. Okay. Good. Okay. So the Democrats picked up a seat, kept a seat there. Steve Chabot. No, it was a new
2: new district. They didn't pick up. They just they won a new district.
0: Right. Steve Chabot, Ohio, one Republican. They said it was going to flip to a Democrat seat. What did you say?
2: Hello. Yes, I'm here. That was Roland calling me.
0: Okay. Uh, Tell him I said hello. So you said Steve, they said Steve Chabot, Republican, Ohio one would lose his seat to a Democrat. What happened?
2: Right. He, he did. They were right. I was wrong. So it's a Democratic leaning district now. It's basically Cincinnati. So um, so he got a really bad shake from the Republican legislature. I don't know why they did that to him. But the Republican legislature, gave, you know, took a very Republican seat where he was very safe and they made it into a, a, a D plus two. Great. I thought he would he would win anyway, and uh, the Cook report said he would he, – he, they said it was a toss-up, but that the Democrat would win, Lansman, Greg Landsman, and, uh, and Lansman won. So
0: I was wrong. They were right. Twice. When you're wrong. Yeah, you're in Ohio. Right. In Ohio, yes. But when you're wrong, you're wrong. Uh, a Democrat wins <laughs> instead of a Republican. Happy That's way. It. Yeah, okay. Uh, North Carolina 13, there's a new seat. They said a Republican was going to win North Carolina 13.
2: And I did as well. We both agreed that Bo Hines was going to win. And everyone thought Bo Hines would win. It's a Republican-leaning district. And uh, and Hines was endorsed by Trump. And it was a big deal. And, uh, and we were all wrong. The Democrat, uh, this guy Wiley Nichols won. Great.
0: That's good. 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 Uh, New York 22. Now we're these are some it's going to be interesting there's an open seat that uh, in new york 22 catco i guess is leaving and that
2: leaving and and two terrible candidates are running uh the democrat was awful is awful and the republican is awful uh and it's, it's a democratic meaning district less democratic than it had been when Catco when caco used to run there but this Democrat Francis Canone, a guy named Francis Canone, uh, is, um, is is just a, a turd, and he's losing. It's not called yet, so I mean, uh, supposedly he could pull it out, but I don't see it. I, I don't see any chance of him winning. So, but in, in the in the case of the of me versus um, Cook, we both got that wrong. Okay, they, oh, no, well, we both. Right. We both said the Republican would win and the Republican is winning. Great.
0: No, not great. New York 19 is an open seat. They said it was probably going to be a Democrat. Uh, New York 19 Ryan's. Uh, yeah, we, we both agreed that Ryan would win and he did. He did win. Okay. Sorry. I thought that was an open seat. Uh, it, okay. Uh, it kind of was.
2: It, it, it's hard to explain ryan was a an incumbent in a different district
0: right they, and rerouted. yes it's the first election after the census and they read okay new york four rice they said was going to win new york four democrat
2: i agreed and we were both wrong he okay all right well so, so when people say there was no red wave there was a red wave in Long Island and a red wave in Florida. <laughs> 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 That's when there was a red wave. So the Democrats lost every state on Long Island, and they did really badly in Florida.
0: New York 3, Sw- Sweezy, Is that, did I pronounce that right, Democrat? Wazzy ran for governor.
2: I spoke to him today, uh, but he ran for governor, and uh, he lost that, and he left. so he left his congressional seat. There was a really, really good progressive running there. She would have won, uh, but she got beaten in the primary by a nothing candidate, just a nothing who had a bunch of money. And the nothing candidate lost to a, a Republican. And um, so so Cook and, and and Howie were both wrong. We both said the Democrat would win and the Democrat lost. Wow.
0: Okay. New Mexico too. Yvette Harrell, Republican. They said she would win.
2: We both said she would win and she didn't. She lost to a Democrat. So, very good news. No one really expected her to win, and she did. Wow,
0: that's really interesting. Everyone everyone expected her
2: to win, and she lost. So, we have a new Democrat in that uh, district now.
0: Great. Chris Pappas in New Hampshire won. They said... lose, and that was one where I beat them. You got that right. He won. They said he was going to lose. Yes. I said he would win by a couple points, and he did. Nevada, three. Susie Lee, Democrat they said it was going to go to the republicans
2: right a lot of people made that guess including someone and i mentioned this someone who i really respect john Ralston, who knows more about nevada politics than any journalist who's writing and he agreed with um cook that she was going to lose her seat and i said even though i really respect him and even though I, lo- I think his logic is pretty good, I still think she's going to win. And I was right. She won. So I took on Cook and someone who I really liked, John Wilson, who were all saying she was going to lose. I said she was going to win and she won. Okay. So you could hit that thing twice.
0: There we go. I'll have better sound okay. effects next week. Deenatitis is a skin condition I came home from hungry with 20 years ago dina <laughs> titus nevada won and we all agreed
2: that, was, that she was going to win and she did great uh,
0: don bacon republican uh nebraska too they said he was gonna and we all agreed that he and he did okay angie craig you mentioned Alyssa slotkin you mentioned jared golden you you mentioned well i, I got it right and they got it wrong right Indiana won. Frank Mervin, Democrat. They said he was going to win. What did you say? I said
2: he was going to win too, but I didn't agree with them that it was a uh, uh, that it was a, to- a toss up district. I thought he had it, it. You know, they made a few mistakes by calling district toss ups and not calling other districts toss ups. This was one that was not a toss up district, and he won. He did win. So we were both right that he would win. Sure. They um, the, here they were wrong. In, uh, in Illinois 17, uh, Cherry Busas' old seat, where they said the Republican would win, I said the Democrat would win, and I was right and they were wrong. And so play that thing again. There we go.
0: Let's go to Connecticut. And next
2: comes. Uh, at five, Johanna Hayes is the incumbent Democrat. Right. They, I don't know why they they said that she would win. It made no sense to me. I said she would. I said that she would win. They said she would lose. I don't know why they said she would lose. It doesn't make sense. There's no way to think that she was going to lose. It didn't make any sense. And I said she would. She would win. I was right. They were wrong. Play the thing.
0: uh the uh, Mike Levin in california forty nine they said the Democrat incumbent would lose
2: and I think they're wrong it's not decided yet, but there hasn't been one second of counting when he wasn't ahead and he's substantially ahead and i would I would love to bet them right now that he's going to win, but they wouldn't take the bet so uh yeah Mike, Mike call Mike a winner, call cook a loser
0: Katie Porter. Democrat? We both agree that win. Yes. Mike Garcia, California 27, Republican. They say he's going to win.
2: Yes, and they're right. Okay. I agreed with them.
0: And David Valadeo, California 22, Republican. They said he was going to go back.
2: So did I. And, we're, and he, he is going to win. And they, they, So they were right, unfortunately.
0: Okay. I'll, I'll save California 13 for last. Arizona won. David Schweikert, Republican. They said he was going to win
2: yes and i agreed and we're both wrong he is oh no we're both right he is going to win okay and it's not it's not cold it's very very close okay
0: and finally california 13 they said it was
2: harder f- is a democrat it's a democratic district it doesn't make sense to me that they would say a republicans going to win that district it just makes no sense it also makes no sense to me that a- the AP hasn't called it yet. Harder is considerably ahead of the Republican. So anyway, you can play your your, your tune. They're they're right. They're wrong enough.
0: The real winner last Tuesday, Howie Klein. You are. You you got every. I. It's incredible what you got right. We'll we'll get the final tally next week. But
2: you did yeah. amazing. Well, they, they got it. A- that I got wrong, but um, you're just happy that I was wrong because in all those cases, the Democrat right. won. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, I got I got more, I got more right than they did. Um, I'm pretty sure that that after the uh, the last few are called, it'll, it won't it will
0: change. This is why I love you. Other reasons. But this is really impressive. You did. I'm going to let you go. But you did a great job last week setting the table for us, making The election returns uh, enjoyable, especially when we're winning. You and Steve Kornacki, what do you think before you go, Steve Kornacki? Uh,
2: Pretty impressive. I don't know. No no comment. Okay. He's he's better this year than than he's been before.
0: I was I was impressed. Howie Klein, founder treasurer of the Blue America Pack, endorses candidates. He knows. Who's going to win? Who's going to uh, lose? And and, and he we knows which candidates.
2: Based on that, we we endorse candidates based on how how good they're going to be in Congress, right. not based if they're going to win or lose.
0: Right, exactly. And he knows which candidates are worth investing in, even if they're they're going to lose. They're still worth putting. Our friend Derek Marshall, I would assume, is not going to Washington.
2: No, he, well, he's not going to Washington as a congressman. He right. may be going to Washington in another capacity. Right. But, he, yes, he did not win, unfortunately.
0: But, a great, but that was a very, very, win. that was a long shot,
2: always a long shot.
0: And a great investment in our country's future. Thank you, Read Howie. I like that idea. Yes. Thank you, Howie. I'll talk to you next week. We'll get the final results next week. Thank you. Great job. Amazing. Thank Amazing. Thank you. <laughs>
2: I, I, I can't hang up because my my hands are full of, like, uh, vegan meatball.
0: <laughs> and you're not cooking. That's a whole other story that we don't, we don't want to get into. Well, he, last,
2: no, just in the last couple of minutes, I started, like, just forming the <laughs> vegan meatballs.
0: <laughs> okay, I'll hang up. Thank you, Howie. Bye. Bye-bye. That's Howie Klein from Down With Tyranny. Read him over at Down With Charity and give to his candidates If you enjoyed this portion of The David Feldman Show, subscribe to the channel and like us. It helps. It really does. Thank you.